It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you grow your e-commerce business faster and more efficiently by cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and guidance from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello, Master Plan World. Welcome to our latest podcast. It's a pleasure to have you listening as we get ever closer to Christmas. Only a month to go now. I'm Chloe Thomas, the creator of the e-commerce Master Plan, best-selling author, speaker, and consultant. And as you all know, I focus on e-commerce business strategy and marketing. Last week, we headed over to New York to explore the world of Studio 15 and their really interesting approach to marketing and building their dress business. Well, Today, we're coming back to the UK and right down to Cornwall, not that far from me, to talk about a totally different type of product. So I'm going to introduce you to today's special guest, who is Rob Wing, the founder of the award-winning e-commerce business, The Cornish Fishmonger, an online-only fishmonger delivering top-quality seafood to everyone from us normal people to many of the UK's top chefs, including those with Michelin stars. The website was launched in 2008 and the business now processes 4,000 orders per month, 25% of which is from the e-commerce site. Hi, Rob. Hi, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. And I've just given our listeners a very quick overview of you and the Cornish Fishmonger and what the current situation is. But how did you get started off in e-commerce? Well, it really happened in the 2007 recession when the the trading world came to a very abrupt halt. And as a traditional wholesale business, we had no direct contact with the consumer. And so we set about creating an e-commerce website so that we would have this direct contact and that the tertiary business we were supplying in the shapes of hotels and restaurants, were um, we could sideswept those and get direct contact with the consumer. So that's what we did. As simple as that. Or more or less. <laughs> so, um, so it was really about a reaction to one one of our um, key markets has gone down a bit. Right, how are we going to up the volumes again? Right, let's go direct. Direct, and how do we do that? Yes, I mean when when trading when, when trading effort disappears down by twenty five percent, it tends to focus the mind quite uh, quite succinctly, and with uh, fresh fish and seafood, which is what we trade in, suddenly. Uh, well, the world continues to eat in recession or boom or bust, but we had this uh, gap, this hiatus between our customers. So e-commerce seemed to be a logic, a logical way of uh, adjusting that and getting direct contact with the consumer. And nowadays, do you find the majority of the, the orders through the website are consumer side or do you get a few smaller B2B businesses buying that way from you as well? We do find the occasional B2B, a small-time caterer, um, outside uh, food providers, and the odd guest house that perhaps feels more comfortable using the, the, um, the, B, the B2C job. But uh, predominantly, our customers are uh, consumers within, uh, within the UK. Excellent. So, so you mentioned, we've mentioned you're in Cornwall and you just said you're in the UK. Do you ship overseas at all or is it literally just in the, within the UK? Um, we have shipped overseas on B2B level uh, into Europe and into the Middle East, although obviously the size of order for a consumer doesn't really work being shipped overseas. I suppose you've got to keep that product fairly fresh as well, haven't you? Yes, it's a very short shelf life product from from 
the C to plate in a couple of days and into the bin within kind of seven. So it doesn't leave a lot of room for um, hiatuses in transport. So the the product you're selling, we've got ev- every kind of fish and seafood, or are there some limits to what, what you supply? Well, we try to have no limits set at all. I think the average day that we're offering is some 30 plus species of fish and seafood, both fresh, frozen, um, shellfish, smoked fish, and some ready frozen foods. So the the one-stop shop for fish, basically? Very much so. And the the exciting thing and the ease of starting this e-commerce business was that this sector of our turnover was very parasitical in its nature. We have a, a quite a significant um, catering supply chain and we have to have uh, a whole plethora and range of seafood available for our very demanding chefs up and down the country. So uh, our number one retail customer was able to, to benefit greatly from the, the huge range of seafood we had that was principally destined for catering. So you've got that great range and you're able to stock that great range because of the catering side of the business, which gives the consumer a really great selection to choose from. Absolutely. When you consider uh, compared with the way that uh, we are offering fish and seafood to the traditional uh, fishmonger in the high street, he has uh, his stock is purely bespoke for those people and customers that walk in through the door, whereas we have you know, maybe five or 600, 700 catering outlets. And so we carry a, a, a huge range of fish and volume. And as such, our throughput is, is, is very rapid. We would look to, to move 75% of our foods out of the door the same day as it arrived in. So a real um, fresh level benefit for the consumer. Now you've just blown the minds of a lot of people listening. Again, you 75% stock turnover every day. <laughs> They're all going, oh my word, that sounds like a logistics nightmare, not least because you've got to pack it in, in ice and, and so forth. So the, so the, actually, I was, I was going to ask the question of, do you have to, given, given that kind of turnover and that you're limited by what comes in on the, the boats every day, do you take products on and off the website on a daily basis? We tend to, well, the answer to your question in simple, simple terms is yes, mm-hmm. but they tend to be more of seasonal variations because we're quite keen that our, our seafood lovers have the choice of buying what's in season. And if I could just alliterate that, I think mm-hmm. we as a nation have become very accustomed, in fact, very demanding about in 31st of December or the 16th of June, we want to buy our pack of blueberries or strawberries. Whereas, of course, with fish and seafood, you cannot interfere with the seasons and you cannot ship it from across the world. So with fish and seafood, you have to work within the designated seasons and we cannot interfere with those. So it's really important that we introduce that whole concept to our fish consumers. I think we'll we'll come back to that education of the consumers a little later on, but I just want to make sure we're we're getting across those those notes of where the business is right now. So, what's the, what's the platform your website's built on? Are you a Shopify or a Magento? We are using Magento. Okay, cool. And um, have you got any key widgets or plugins within that? No, not really. I mean, our, it's it's a quite a traditional business, so we t- we, we tend to just try and let the fish out for itself and maybe perhaps uh, periodic emails and, and things like that, but quite basic in terms of uh, 
searchandising. <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing because uh, Rob and I were discussing searchandising beforehand, which is a totally new term term in, in his uh, his linguistic capabilities as of today. Um, so, what's what's does the team look like on the e-commerce side of the business, Rob? Okay, so we've got a couple of guys in house that purely look after the the mechanics of the day to day processing of orders, the downloading of them, and turning them into um, orders that our, our, our mechanics can actually deal with, our filters and people like that that are putting together orders. We have then a relationship with a marketing team, uh, which is sourced, is outsourced, and that's probably four or five people. So that's really all that we have. I think it, it's interesting to hear how your your system, because it this is kind of the e-commerce, as you said earlier, it's kind of parasitic on the main business, which is that that wholesale side to the restaurants and so forth, is that therefore your team makeup is quite different to what a lot of the people we speak to on this podcast is, which is we're doing our dispatch, but everything else, basically all the techie stuff, all the e-commerce specific activity we've outsourced to others because we don't need that in-house. We just need a solid pair of hands to do it, and we're happy for that to be an agency. Would that be about right? Yeah, and I think yeah, I think that's absolutely right. And also because we are a very small business in terms of e-commerce, we're not really at that size where we can afford to bring into house uh, a significant part of that operation. Listen, so so everyone just take from that. You have to build the right team for you. Don't think you have to do it like anyone else is doing it. But of course, keep listening to the podcast and hearing how other people are doing for ideas. <laughs> so lots of episodes, please, everybody. Um, right, Rob, we've talked about, we've kind of given people a good picture of where the business is at the minute. But what do you think the most awesome thing is about the Cornish Fishmonger at the moment? Okay, I feel that the Cornish Fishmonger is the, it's the antithesis, or it's the it, it's a, it's a pair of opposites. The most one of the most venerable and revered old-fashioned trades in the world is fishmongering, and yet it's being offered to fish lovers up and down the world in the most modern fashion possible. And it always excites me that our fish shop is open twenty-four-seven. If you know what I mean. I, do, I know exactly what you mean. And when you were talking about those guest houses earlier, who occasionally place an order online. I bet that's because they're, you know, they've had one of those crazy guest house days and they get to the end and they go, oh God, I missed the phone again and we've got to have that for dinner tomorrow. So they're going, thank goodness for the, for the e-commerce side of things. Yes, I think, I think you're absolutely right. And I think that the, the market is much more mature now than it was you know, kind of seven or eight, ten years ago. The idea of buying food such as fish across the web was completely unthinkable ten years ago. And yet now it's become very much commonplace and thank goodness for that oh yes it's it's surprisingly hard to find fishmongers on the high street these days or or anywhere quite frankly because you know it's it's there's just not that volume and it's the smaller players getting squeezed out so it's great to be able to get that fantastic fish from a reliable source online and and do you deliver next day yes we do orders taken by 10 a.m are delivered by 12 a.m to the consumer which is quite, um, I mean, you've, you've got to get the fish there fast, haven't you? So it's kind of a no-brainer, but it's, it adds, adds an extra, extra level of complexity to everything. Um, and the other thing I wanted to, to add in there about on the kind of the product side is you've, you've fairly recently introduced subscription boxes. 
that's fairly recent development, isn't it, Rob? Yes, it is, and it was trying to change the position of our of our purchase of our purchase from being an ad hoc, occasional, or celebratory purchase to um, the the monthly fish box, and to take out and take away from the the customer the act of having to make a choice, and that might be seen to be negative from some people's point of view, but. Actually, a lot of our customers really are excited about what's going to come in this month's box. Very much, uh, and very much so, they've used it to uh, introduce children to fish as well. So, yes, it's been it's been very successful. So, there's an element of that kind of educating the consumer that we were talking about earlier to these boxes. It's like if if you're the person who you know you should eat more fish, but you've no idea where to start, it's a bit of a no-brainer purchase, isn't it? It is, and absolutely, we're trying to to deliver our expertise in the kindest and most simplistic way possible and make the act of purchasing simple. And from my experience of, you know, looking around your business, it seems like uh, within the website, you're doing an awful lot to help people understand how to use fish. So you're doing recipes and other, other pieces of content to help them embrace getting more fish into their diet. Very much so. Um, interestingly, uh, I, what the next bit I'd love, I'm looking to do is to is to grow the the wine pairing with food, with fish because it's uh, something that's very close to my heart. The, uh, <laughs> um, a, a bit a bit of a wine boss, and so fish is a, a great part of the wine. But yes, anything we can do to help round off the experience and deliver knowledge and support, we want to be doing it. So how, you know, how many, is it kind of the recipes or is it the stories behind the fish? Which are the, which are the pieces of content you find the customers appreciating the most? Well, I think it starts off to the new visitor. First of all, we've got to be able to satisfy their, their in, the, the idea that we are actually the right choice to deliver what actually is quite an important and expensive purchase. And secondarily, once you've made that decision to use the Cornish fishmonger, then, okay, I've got this fish, what am I going to do with it? Mm-hmm. And so having recipes that are linked to particular species or times of the year or to styles of meal and even down to simplicity or complex dishes, I think that really helps people to buy into the idea that fish is not a difficult food to work with. It's a bit like if you decide, right, we're having everybody round for Christmas, for Christmas Eve maybe, we're going to grab that fantastic side of salmon and some, some great uh, Cornish mackerel or something and I just don't want to screw it up because on Christmas Eve night you can't do anything if you get it wrong so it's, it's that reassurance for people isn't it it's like right you're making the investment in a, in a really beautiful piece of food and here's how to do it and do it justice I suppose yeah, very much so and you know the pescatarian's idea of the perfect Christmas lunch is a lobster and there's nothing more difficult than trying to source in Cornwall in, at Christmas time than lobster. But we you know we do, and we do it very well. It's um, it's just about being as supportive as possible to our customer, really. And uh, how do you manage customer service? Is that done by the guys who are doing the picking and packing at your location, or have you outsourced the phones and all of that? Um, we've got um, customer service. That's a really interesting. That's an interesting point because. We took the decision that uh, we would make sure that our telephone lines were published and open so that um, those people that wanted to 
just kind of satisfy themselves that there was a human being behind <laughs> this business. And I think it's very important to be real because we are, you know, an old fashioned business trying to operate in a modern platform. So we've got the front end there, which is a human being. And also we've got um, a master chef that makes a point of calling each of our customers after every delivery just to make sure that everything's got there okay. And you'd be surprised the amount of recipe she ends up sharing with them. So you phone every single customer after their delivery arrives? Yes, we do, because we think it's important. I mean, our, our, our chef is a retired lady, and she just loves interacting with our customers. And we pick up lots of really useful snippets of information. Some people don't like complaining if there's a, something that wasn't quite right, or they just want to, to say, could you tell the guy that you know produced that bit of fish that it was beautifully packed, or... Have you thought about this? So just about being open and uh, receptive and becoming um, almost friends. With, well, yes, we have lots of customers that are friends, but about being, being there for your customer and traveling that little extra mile. And it, we it can is, do that within our business. It is amazing how many, um, how often you'll get talking to a customer and you're chatting with them and saying, yeah, that was great, that was great. And it's only about five or six minutes they go in, oh, but actually... There was this one thing, those prawns, they weren't quite as good as I wanted them to be, or, or we were one short or something. But it takes five minutes of chat before they're willing to tell you about a problem. And that type of stuff is invaluable. I think it is. And also our purchase is quite significant. It's not like um, a pair of batteries for the widget that's gone wrong that's about 350 You know, we're talking about an average purchase of £80 plus. And so... We want our customers to remember our name, to remember the website. I buy batteries occasionally, and as soon as I put the phone, put, put the, you know, the, close the screen, I can't remember who I've purchased it from. And I've no idea whether I'm going to go back to that site again. But this is, that's completely the opposite to our business. We want to embed ourselves within the psyche of our customer. So it really is being the local fishmonger, but available across the country. Absolutely. Because you would get the local fishmonger asking you the next time you go in. So, how did uh, how did that cook? Did it work? How did it go? What do you want this time? So, um, so yeah, that's that's fantastic the way you're you're handling that. I think that's that's something which will have a lot of the listeners going. Every customer, <laughs> you chat to every customer. <laughs> well, we're only a small business, so we can afford that level of indulgence but I do accept that a lot of you know huge businesses would find that completely laughable but that's the way that we attack our business and we've no plans to change it as we grow from the levels we are at the moment. But I I think that that kind of thing it's really just about margin isn't it it's you know it's still only one call per customer and I think if it's the right thing to do it's the right thing to do and it sounds like it's giving you great feedback about what the customers want and how the business is running but it's also I'm I'd be incredibly sure and I wouldn't recommend you do this but I'm sure that if you a b tested it you know only phoned half of them that you'd see that those who you are phoning are spending an awful lot more. I'm sure I'm, you're right. I'm so sure that I wouldn't want you to see the down, downturn in sales if you took half of them out. <laughs> no, I don't think I'll bother to check it. <laughs> no, no, I, I just, I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, do do that one. But, but it would be an interesting way of looking at it. So, what what else is on on the radar for the for the coming months, Rob? Well, we've just moved hosting of the website, and we've had a huge amount of technical problems trying to maintain a stable platform coming from. 
are very heavily customized versions of Magento that have really not into you know jumped over to the to the more modern version. So we just want to let this settle, and then we're going to look properly at rather rather than just trying to keep a stable website to actually moving forward with customer service interaction and all the the sophistications that um, the web allows us to employ in reaching out to our customer. So it sounds a bit waffly, but I think you get what I mean. No, no, it doesn't sound waffly. It sounds like we've we've had a, a bit of a tech headache. We're letting that one play out and sort itself out over the coming months. And then we're looking at ways to make our customers happier, which that's how it should be, I think. Well, I'm glad you agree. <laughs> yeah, you you can have the e-commerce master plan seal of approval on that plan. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and Rob, we talked a lot about customer service, about the product, but what what's the key way you're you're going about marketing the business and, and growing the traffic? Well, we've flat adding um, is a thing of the past in 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 magazines. It's very much only brand awareness. We're looking at the very least to do advertorials or competitions, but we do find um, sharing um, sharing data with other businesses. For instance, we've just, uh, if I could use metaphorically, jumped into bed with a cookery school that's close to where I live, and uh, that's been a very successful uh, data swap. We, um, we offer uh, fish, they offer a free cookery class or some accommodation, and then we share the the, the data that comes from that subscription. And we find that uh, that works really well for us. For anyone who's uh, who's wondering about how that competition looked, if you go to, I can't find it, it's in, it's in uh, Customer Manipulation, my latest book. Um, so I'm just wondering, which is probably news to Rob, actually, because I don't think I've told him yet. Um, there's a screen grab of the of the competition in there. So I'm quickly flicking through the pages to try and find it. Which, um, which I know I should know the exact page of everything that's in the book. Uh, where are we? Competition. Oh, there we I go. Think if I were, if... It's a page 140, if anyone wants to take a look, and it's Win a Seafood Break. So um, if you want to know more about that, you can have a look in my book. I think, uh, I think never prejudge any form of marketing exercise. We jumped into bed in the same way with a, a gardening um, location, and I poo-pooed it and very nearly didn't do it. And it was the most successful data grab we've ever had. So you're very much about the co-promotion of a, of a competition to generate the data, follow up with email marketing and use that to get the sales. That's correct. It's probably because it's the only thing I understand, Chloe, but uh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's an underused marketing tactic. It's like um, back many, many years ago when I worked at Pastimes, we would regularly do competitions off the page, so in the magazine, because they hadn't quite got this sophisticated yet, with um, Homes and Gardens magazine and various you know, period homes. And we used to get fantastic data increases and, and data which bought as well from those for, for next to no marketing spend. So um, I think it's an underused tactic. So I'm really glad you've mentioned that. I'm glad it gets this seal of approval off the professional. <laughs> well, that's, I think that's two e-commerce master plan gold stars for you now. Um, <laughs> another Thank couple, and, and it might have made its way up to a pint. Um, right. On that, <laughs> on that note, let's move into the top tips round. And I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some great ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. So, Rob, what is your book top tip? If everybody listening to this podcast took Friday off to read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? 
Well, I suppose it has to be one of yours, I suppose, if that's the right answer. But <laughs> You're allowed to name mine. <laughs> I, think, I think, to be quite frank, on a Friday afternoon, I'd rather be playing with my vintage Bentley than reading books about business. But maybe that's just me. <laughs> I know that that is also a valid answer. We've had a couple of people who've said, um, someone recently said, read Bowie on Bowie because it's their favourite book. And if you've managed to take Friday off, you should enjoy yourself, not read a business book, which I think is a very valid answer. So uh, so we'll, 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 take, we'll take go for a play in the Bentley or read one of my books. I think that's all right. Um, the traffic top tip then, which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? Well, on the basis that I'm not hugely marketed minded, I've, I'm, I could turn that, turn that question around and, 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 and ask you, how does one make an email marketing campaign work? We used to get great success with email marketing, uh, sending out uh, you know regular emails to customers, but Clutter and Microsoft and whatever other businesses uh, host email platforms have made this really almost impossible to, to, well, the efficiency of that is reducing almost day by day. And so we as a small business are very challenged by how we can improve our, our contact with our customer. Well, I think my my very quick tips on that is that one, you need to be using an email platform that's got a great deliverability reputation. So um, if you go to SenderScore, um, Google for that, it's a return path program. And there you can check for free the quality of the IP address your emails are coming out from. And that is a great way of double checking that your deliverability is okay, which is about getting into the inbox. So, so long as your, your deliverability is good, the next thing is what you're putting into those emails. And it's about making sure you're building that strong relationship with the customer, as well as suppressing the data that's not working so well for you. you know, so if someone hasn't opened for six months, stop sending to them on a regular basis, which will improve your deliverability score further. So it's really about it's about getting the techie side right, which is usually fairly straightforward if you're on the right platform. And then making sure you're giving great content and people are hoping to hear from you, which with everything you're doing with the customers and phoning them and delivering the great food, then I would have thought you, you're probably ahead of the pack on that front. But there's a couple of quick tips for you, Rob. Thank you very much indeed. I'll right. take them back to, our, <laughs> to those that do. Excellent. Well, the tool top tip next then, maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a phone app or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient day to day? Difficult question to answer. And I'm just going to say that I've seriously considered the, the creation of a phone app. I feel that our our business is more and more has moved out of desktop PC, out to tablet, and down to mobile phone. And we must be very much more mobile phone wise. And I think maybe the next issue that we're going to have to look at is how we can best function on a mobile phone. For getting the customers to be buying? Yes. I mean, we have a complex purchase, as we've um, alluded to in, earlier in this, uh, in this discussion. We have it's a big. It'll be a big challenge for us. But how can we make an app work successfully for us on a smartphone? Well, there's there's an interesting challenge ahead, and um, I'll there's there's a few tips and tricks I can give you. But I'm going to save those for offline, just to annoy everyone who's listening. Um, so the startup top tip next: If you met someone this weekend who's thinking of starting an e-commerce business, what would be your first tip for them? 
I don't know about you and all the listeners, but I've always wanted to feel that there is a person and there's somebody alive behind a website and, a, and an e-commerce business. And I would say to them, do what you do well in the high street or commercially, and then transfer and translate that onto the web. And I'm no expert, because this is not really my field, scales and lobsters are. But give, the, give your customer or the, the visitor, the browser, the confidence that there's a real person behind there. Because if you're starting, you've got to start small, and you've got to start in a real way. And I think that's the tip I would give the, uh, the first-time e-commerce. Oh, yeah. We were, I was chatting... Uh, in a previous episode with one of our guests, he was saying that they'd hidden hidden behind a bland, boring about us page for a long time before they realised actually the customers, it doesn't matter that there's only two of them, the customers want to know who those two are. And as soon as they started being more upfront with who they are and what they do, their their business really took off a lot more. In fact, I think that was Any Old Lights who were over in Foy. Um, so anyone who wants to check that out, we'll put a link to, to that episode as well in the show notes for you. So Master Plan World, all of those top tips and links to all the other things we've been chatting about are available at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash 77. Um, Rob, before we say goodbye in this lovely run up to Christmas, I'm sure some of our listeners are, are, are champing at the bit to be buying some lobsters from you ready, ready for the pescatarian Christmas lunch. So would you like to let them all know where they can find you and your business on the web and social media, please? I'd love to. Yeah, it's uh, the Cornish, the Cornish fishmonger.co.uk or Google the Cornish fishmonger. Should I say that? Um, we've got a, we've got a Facebook page, the Cornish fishmonger and at wing of St. Moore's is, uh, our uh, address for whatever the platform's called. I Twitter. <laughs> Twitter, thank Twitter. you. Uh, uh, I'm getting old and senile. Um, but no, www.thecornishfishmonger.co.uk. Have a look down through, see what you think. And there's a telephone number there. So if you're just curious, give us a call. Excellent. Well, what a great, great um, offer for anyone who's out there thinking they need to get more into fish and they're not quite sure where to start. So, Rob, thank you so much for being on the e-commerce masterplan podcast today and for sharing your experience with us in such a generous manner. Thank you. You're very welcome. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. So something a little bit different there for you all. A dive into the world of very fast moving products. 75% of stock gets sold the same day it arrives. That's kind of crazy. Um, but lots of great advice there on how to really take your customer service to the next level to help grow your business. I mentioned my brand new book as we went through there, which is Customer Manipulation. And if you want to get hold of that, it's available as ebook, audiobook and paperback on all the Amazon platforms all over the world, as well as Audible and iTunes for the audiobook. And you can get the first chapter as a PDF if you want to have a read first, totally for free at customermanipulation.com. Have a great week, everyone, and keep optimising. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com.